probably like us have us as a body what can we as a body do aside from the leaders because obviously not everybody not every christian is going to be in leadership and it's probably there's going to be more christians not in leadership than in leadership so what can we um as christians what do you think we as a body can do to kind of change to to, to change this um definitely i mean i always definitely start by speaking asking telling an individual to speak to their pastor because i'm not here to tell anybody to because they hear a truth that's real truth to go and now become a renegade to their pastor and be like you know what screw you you don't know what you're doing this is what pastor gabs was saying i'm leaving <laughs> do you get what i mean right. some pastors and leaders mm. it might not have occurred to them for whatever reason because they've, they've been trained in a certain way and whatnot so definitely that's one place i'll start i'll also speak about get serious about your own mentoring like mm-hmm. I'm going to potentially get in trouble here, but I'm not going to mention any names, but <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone asked my wife to mentor her and she said, and my wife was like, okay, cool. Go and think of what area do you want me to mentor in, mentor you in and come back to me. Up to now, they haven't come back to them. You know what I need to tell you? Oh God. Oh. <laughs> Some people have the idea of mentoring rather than the reality of it. And people yeah. get serious, like, let's get serious. We all need discipleship. Every single believer needs discipleship. We all need accountability. Let's get serious with it. And there are some legit Christians out there who can disciple you. Don't just say, oh, but they're all fake. They've all done this. No, that's just a load of nonsense. Not every Christian is a fake. Mm. So definitely get people, get discipled yourself. And mm. then from that relationship, if you do have a, a good mentor, they're going to encourage you to go mentor other people. So it would be uh, are there enough mentors? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think sometimes people look for the people who are popular. Yeah, yeah. You've got, you've got to look. Like, you've got. To, it's not just by popularity; it's by those who actually look like Christ, behave like Christ, walk like Christ. Come on. And they may not be the names. They may not have names. Yeah. It might just be, you know, so, uh, an elder from your church that you know he's just a good man. He loves his wife. He loves his kids. He does, you know. He does. He does the Lord's work, like, and he, he doesn't shout about it. He's not. He's not the. What, what's he the word? About his business. He's, yeah, he goes about his business. He's not the golden boy. He's not everyone's chatting about him. But he does what he needs to do, and it's respectable. Just say, you know what, hey, Uncle. I've just, you know, um, I, you know, been at church for a while. I've, I've seen you around, and I just love, you know, how I, I I see Christ in you, and I would love to be mentored by you. Would you? Would you be able to, to mentor me? Would you be able to disciple me? You know, and go from there, literally. Sometimes I think this generation, and I, I can understand it in one degree, but I just want to say that you don't you don't always need a name to disciple you. But then at the same time, don't try and run with that thing and then be going to some of these renegades that are starting, you know, little groups and, you know, WhatsApp chats and whatever and be saying that, oh, yeah, I've got a revelation. Bruh. No, go to <laughs> go to people. I've got a revelation. <laughs> trust, trust me. Let's stop that nonsense. Go to people that have a real walking um, um, uh, ex, um, relationship, relationship with Jesus Christ. That have some life experience. Okay, 
because some of you some of you will now be going to people that are struggling with the same issues as you and you're saying yeah but i can see jesus working in them how can you go to someone that you're yeah, struggling with porn? You, you two are struggling with porn and you're going to someone that is struggling with porn and saying i can see jesus is them jesus in them and they can mentor me my brother turn around right and tell you it's because of accountability bro <laughs> listen the things that we would do to, to it's a cop out guys if if you're really about discipleship you will sit on you will really sit under someone and kind of make yourself vulnerable to someone that you know will be able to get the best out of you. And that may include them telling you off when you've gotten it wrong. Oh, preach on but, it. But, yeah. then, but then that, that makes me think, bro, do, do the church really want this, no, bro? bro, bro that, you don't even need to ask that. You don't even need to ask that question. They don't want it. That's, a, that's the reason why we'll have conversations like this repetitively. Because, bro, don't you get tired? Or don't you get tired when you hear people say, even when people in the world say it, we need, you need to hold them accountable. Okay. For the 10 years that you've been saying hold people accountable, who's been, who, who's been held accountable then? Because the same people that you're saying should be held accountable are still doing the same thing time in, time out. That means you don't know what accountability looks like. Because if you think accountability is just dragging someone and cancelling someone, that's not what accountability is. And you know what? On that, yeah, I think we've lost the meaning of accountability. I Absolutely. think now accountability is becoming a buzzword that we it just is. see on social media. It is. Whenever somebody sins, oh, we have to hold them accountable. We have to hold them accountable by counselling them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Accountability is just like the word nuance for me. It doesn't mean much. <laughs> everybody, everybody, and and gaslighting is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're getting me angry. I hate what did these What do these words mean now, bros? Like brothers, yeah, what, bro, what, bro. what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything because we've we've spoken it, and and it goes back to my point of. You can speak about a life you're not living and you can do it comfortably so much so that the words don't have any value anymore. So preachers yeah. can preach about accountability, but they themselves won't be accountable. And then you're like, well, you know, uh, yeah, just be accountable. And then we'll go to conferences. They'll ask questions and say, what do you think about this? Yeah, well, you know, what we need to do is just keep ourselves accountable. Okay, well, we've heard that 10 million times and nobody's been accountable because nobody really likes what it costs to be accountable. There were times when Jesus had to, had to really tell off his disciples. There's times if you read the gospel where Jesus calls them children, he calls his disciples children. It's like, how long, how long will I have to be with you guys? Paul says, Paul, says, Paul, says it to the, Paul says it to the Corinthian church and other churches. How long, how long will I have to be? He says it to the Corinth church. You guys are, are children. I can't give you meat because you're immature. So the body of Christ has always had this intrinsic issue of immaturity. So even when people say, oh, we need to be like the early church. Anyway, that's a conversation for another day. But the point is this, <laughs> that even the early apostles had issues with this immaturity, not willing to, Paul spends his time rebuking, telling these guys off. That's what it means to be accountable because yes, I love you guys, but in the same breath, I can tell you off when you're doing wrong. Yep. There's a brush that's sleeping with his dad's wife. Are you mad? We Jesus. need to tell that guy, and nobody's telling him off. Tell that guy off. There's guys in there that need to be excommunicated from the church. Paul was like, excommunicate them, brothers. That's what we what we need is to be and able to go. This doesn't mean on Twitter. This doesn't mean on Twitter. Because somebody's Fact. gonna hear this and think, all right, cool, let's cancel Kurt Franklin on Twitter. Facts. So, <laughs> we, we need to know what accountability really looks like. Account most people think accountability is going on Twitter and talking about this particular pastor that cheated on his wife. You don't know him. You don't know him. Bro, they think accountability is think pieces. Bro, I love <laughs> think pieces. That's not, that's, trust me, that's not accountability. Trust me. Don't let the, 
Don't let, don't let the internet get to your head. Accountability is not your head. retweets, bare likes because of a whole thread of cancelling a pastor that slept on his wife. Or Pastor Carl Lentz, I think it was. Bro, there were so yeah. many people saying, well, we have to hold this pastor accountable for his actions. Right. You know, and, the thing, the, and the thing is, they're absolutely right yeah. because he's in a, the, the position of responsibility. But you that, you that has not been accountable all your Christian life, why do you have the audacity mm. and the temerity to be coming online, to be telling people to be uh, holding themselves accountable? Mm. And you yourself that has a log in your own eye, you that, you that was just plunging two hours before, and you have the temerity to come out. You'll be doing you'll 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 be doing up alcoholic life and you'll be talking about accountability. You'll be doing up drug life, you'll be talking about accountability. You've not held yourself you accountable know, in your Christian walk. Do you know so, what it is, bro? It's uh, because it's because we're not pastors. That's why. That's why. And that's why people are getting away with double standards. Because people but, obviously pastors and teachers get judged differently. I can't remember the scripture. I think it might be in James somewhere. Don't James, call me on that. Yeah, James. Yeah, no, it's okay. true. You're right, James. So I, I hear the whole yeah, pastors get judged differently, but I think a lot of us, because we don't carry the title, it's so easy for us to look at some a pastor's sin as opposed to looking at our own because pastors should be judged differently and pastors get looked at differently. So if pastor, mm-hmm. if pastors cheating on his wife, we have to scrutinize him on social media. But but right. um, Bonnelly from from Peckham, she she can cheat on her husband, but it's not going to come to Twitter. Twitter's not going to know about it, right? But the thing is, do they think that when they stand before God, God's going to look, not look, they're, they're going to be like, oh, you know, yeah, you're not a pastor, so I'll let you off. <laughs> I'll just pass it by. Yeah. He can't. Trust me. He can't trust the sinful life. Trust me. That's, it's, it's literally that. I think some people think, obviously, with what you were saying, what you were saying there, Gabs, that are, you know, you know, uh, teachers will, uh, will receive um, uh, greater punishment. Right? Mm. Did that did that scripture say that you will not receive your own? <laughs> did that scripture say that you that you will avoid your own? No, because even the fact that those it, the Bible talks about you knowing what's right and doing what's wrong is still sin. So for me, right, you don't escape anything. And if anything, it should be a scary thing for the person who's teaching you not to follow the ways that not to follow the ways that they're teaching because that speak that then means what are you doing? Mm. What are you then doing? If some if 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 your pastor, your apostle, whatever, is living a double life, and then you know the model is you know follow me as I follow Christ, and you see that example, you don't really have a great example to follow. That means you will then make up your own way, or you know um, you will improvise. You will improvise on your way there. Or you'll do what's good in your own eyes. Or you'll do what's pleasing to yourself outside the space of accountability. And that's mm. and, and that becomes problematic because even at that, you should still be accountable. Ephesians 5, it says, submit yourselves to one another. Mm-hmm. Bro, we mm-hmm. can't even... We can't even... People are talking about, oh yeah, you know, uh, walk in love, walk in love. You're not even submitted to brothers and sisters in your own church. Are you going to be mm. preaching to people on Twitter? You're, yeah. you're not accountable to your brothers oh, and sisters in bro, your own fellowship. In your own fellowship. Do you get, and, and why I'm saying, why I'm being more specific about your own fellowship? Because that's home for you. Yeah. If you attend a local church, a local fellowship, that is it. That, why aren't you even accountable? Why don't people in your church know you? Why can't they, why can't they vouch for you and say, if something bad was to happen, they couldn't even vouch for you because they don't know you. And you're talking, you're going on the internet talking about accountability. 
It doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. So if anything, let's go back to the basics. If you're in a local church, submit yourselves there. Submit yourselves to one another in the fear of the Lord. If, and the Bible says, what? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. That means in, in you submitting to each other, there's a wisdom there. There's a wisdom that comes. There's a protection that comes. There's a safety that comes when you're submitted. And that means mm-hmm. if I get it wrong, you can tell, you brothers can tell me off. Bro, you know what? What you said to that person is wrong. Go and apologize. Okay, bro. I may not like it in that moment, but because you're my brothers, I respect God in you and I fear God as well. I'm going to go to that person and apologize. You guys have that right. I also have the same right to do to you as brothers. Mm-hmm. If I feel like I've seen you guys moving mad, I will DM you and go, you know what, bro? Leave it. You know what, bro? That that tweet was a bit mad. You know what, bro? That comment was a bit mad. Let's let's leave it or let's try and reconcile. Let's try and sort things out. That's, that's what submission looks like. Mm-hmm. Whether we like it or not, but because we love one another, that's, that, that's the extent that we're willing to go for one another. That's how family works. Yeah, your brother, your sister can get on your nerves or whatever, but you kiss, you make up, you move forward. You're talking about discipling nations and you can't disciple your house. You're talking about Jeez. discipling nations and your relationship with your friends is off as it is. You guys Jeez. have no level of this. You guys don't pray for one another. The only time that the only time that you're, um, you, you, you're so-called accountable is when you're, when you're looking at outfits and you say, Oh, I like that outfit. Yeah. You wear the outfit. That's the only time that you and your friends will be accountable. That's, that's <laughs> fake accountability. So if you're uh... going to get it right, if we're really going to get it right as believers, if the world is going to see what this message truly looks like, it's not going to happen because a, a, one prophet prophesied and said, you're going to be a prophet to nations. Every prophet to the nation always has a responsibility in their backyard. What characteristics do you think we need in order to start the journey of being accountable? Because obviously there might be some people listening, feeling convicted, thinking, raw, like, how do I go about being accountable? Um, what, what sort of traits, characteristics... Um, do you think is is required for us to try and be accountable because obviously we're, we're far off if we're to be honest based on everything that you know your e-man saying showing you're saying as well we're far off the mark in it but in terms of how to make progress what what sort of things can what sort of traits do we need in order to start this journey or make steps in order to to progress and being accountable um definitely humility we all need to be humble and i think that's one of the Ooh. massive reasons why we're, we're, we're moving far and far away from the mark. Like, one of the examples that um, Ima was speaking about before when he was talking about um, Apostle Paul getting onto the church of Corinthians in terms of this guy's sleeping around with his mother-in-law and no one's saying nothing about it. Today, he will get shut down. Or how, mm-hmm. can he talk to the, how can he talk to his congregation like that? Jesus himself said to Paul, no, no, he said to Peter, because Peter was moving kind of mad. He said, yeah. get deep behind me, Satan. Imagine mm-hmm. your pastor said that to you today. Mm-hmm. People will pat their mm-hmm. and they're walking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't tell people off today. It's like, bro, you, you can't talk to me like that. Just, what, what, what caused that, Sean? What, what caused that change, man? Um, def- I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some pastors that abuse their position. So some people look at it and it's like, you know what? No, I'm not letting that happen to me. Mm. So that's one element. There's another element where there's the honor culture, especially with the low, if the younger generations is evaporating, it's evaporating completely. Like, especially most of us that from the Afro-Caribbean background, you see people's the way they say, Oh, I'm not teaching my kids how to prostrate. No, I'm mm. old school. That's this, that's that. I'm not teaching my kids that. No, 
the only person that they can call daddy is is is, is their dad or their mum. Like they get onto mm. they get onto their parents for calling someone who's elderly or call of their culture mummy or daddy. Mm. It's like no, nah, the only person I can call mum and dad is my mum and dad. Okay, that's fine. Mm. That's fine, but don't insult people that do it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Mm. Absolutely. We're not, we're not doing something that's unbiblical. They're not doing something that's um, anti-biblical, should I say? Rather than because I wouldn't necessarily say it's biblical, but it's it's definitely cultural. But it's not like it's um, heresy. It's not like it's heresy, should I say? Mm-hmm. So definitely, the honor culture is definitely disintegrating. It's going down the drain. Like not, pastors are not allowed to make mistakes anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not allowed. They're, they're not allowed to be human. Like, wait, hold on. You're meant to be like Jesus. Any moment you stop behaving like Jesus, I'm out of here. <laughs> That's the truth. So, okay. So, so then my question would be then to you, Sean. Yeah. So then, so, so where's the boundary? Because if there's a biblical standard, right? If mm-hmm. there's a biblical standard for someone who's meant to be an elder, an overseer of a church, mm-hmm. a deacon, whatever, where's yes, the yes, there's. They, they can make mistakes. But where's the boundary? Where is the line drawn? Where where can this accountability that all these people that want to drag and, you know, cancel and, you know, flog somebody, where where does where does that one yeah. come in? So, I mean, the scripture, I think it's in Galatians, I can't remember specifically, but it talks about if an elder does fall into transgression, the right. way you correct him is not, hey, you're cancelled. Right. To speak to him with humility. Right. Definitely let him know, yo, this is where you've gone wrong. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Even when your yeah. parents, you know, do something wrong, your parents, our parents are not mistaken. My, my mom and dad, they're not, they're not perfect. They make yeah. mistakes. I don't go sh- shout at them and tell them that they're useless or they're this or that, they're that and this. I speak to them mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah. So definitely. I mean, the, I guess the danger is if they're unrepentant to that thing, mm-hmm. especially if it's something that's directly against scripture. Right. That's when I would... I mean, it depends on how serious the situation is. If it's like mad, like sexual abuse, and they're unrepentant, Omar, just speak, just pack your bags and go in it. Or they're doing some mm. form of serious abuse, and they're very unrepentant. Like, and like, I generally believe every pastor should have someone that. So let's say, for argument's sake, my pastor goes. Astray. I mean, he's he's already said it to he said it to the, to the leadership team. He said like, you know, these are the people that I'm accountable to. If you feel mm-hmm. that, you know, you can't speak to me speak to a b and c yeah you know i mean i definitely believe every pastor should have that sort that sort of relationship with their congregation that's someone that they can speak to not necessarily to kind of talk bad behind their back mm-hmm. but when there's serious concerns like genuine concerns about a certain situation someone that you can speak to mm-hmm. um I agree. obviously if they're going completely left that's the person you'll speak to. If, if they don't have that sort of person and you've had that conversation with them and they're unrepentant you know, hmm. pack your bags. Hmm. I heard that. I heard that. So I guess the stages before one could obviously pack their bags. Yeah, I do hear that. I do hear that. I definitely do agree that people do leave churches very, very easily mm-hmm. and very, um, yeah, too easily to be honest. And I think they probably 
we probably are in a place where where we do kind of lack grace or we lack mercy mm-hmm. or we tend to show a lack of mercy on onto our leaders mm-hmm. um and it's probably because we we've placed part and it's not even just pastors but we place pastors influences leaders we place them on a pedestal that when they do you know step out of line or they do make a mistake all of a sudden it's yeah we can't we can't listen to them anymore we can't follow them anymore um it's, it's a big issue but yeah so so many of us are, are doing several sins several secret sins Bro, it's, just, it's just it's just being shown on twitter we put them on that pedestal Mm. The pedestal that they didn't ask to be put on we put them there the moment they don't match up to that standard we're ready to come yeah. them yeah it's true it's true and to be fair it's sad, it's sad for these people because they didn't ask for it right. they didn't ask for it <laughs> they didn't ask for it and I think this is this is one of the reasons why like me and Iman spoke on a podcast time ago about Christian influencers mm. like where did that come from yeah. where, where has that come from yeah, celebrity culture <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It's just, that's it's, it's just a, it's just the influence, the culture that we've seen in the 21st century, and then obviously people just kind of Christians. Some people, I I can understand where, what with what you're trying to say, but then for some people, they've purposely wanted to become influencers and they modelled their life according to how influencers like do their Instagram pages or their Twitter pages or their <laughs> YouTube pages. So people, there are people that purposely wanted to be <laughs> quote unquote influencers. And there's some people who didn't, but have become popular yeah. and now are at that influencer space. So for maybe mm. us, like I would deem us maybe as micro influencers where we didn't, I'm, I don't, I'm a micro influencer. Same for, same for Gabs as well. Gabs is not trying to pattern his page according to how other influencers do it, but people have seen him as an influencer in the community because of the podcast and other things. Gabs can't go to Central London without, without someone taking a selfie with him. I, I, I didn't, I didn't again for this. Well, <laughs> so, <you're> so, <laughs> so, he, so people are putting it, but. Even though people are putting there, I believe that he's been ha- like handling it well. I don't think I don't think he's put himself under any pressure. So those are the those are the people who are the anom- well not anomalies, but they're the difference makers. These are people who didn't purposely do it yeah. or have purposely tried to model their life lifestyle after an influencer lifestyle. But there are people that actively have done it, and that's because they that's what they want that they want to be influencers. I have. I have mixed views about it. I, I, it's not going away. Influencer culture is not going away. Yeah. It's yeah, part of the culture. It, yeah, we just have to accept it. It's just that as Christians, obviously, what be, you being a Christian influencer, I don't think there's, even though I don't necessarily get it because as Christians, the, my view of, of scriptures is that you are an influencer, whether you're working, you know, for yeah. a bin company or you're working in the finance sector or you're working as a politician, you are an influencer by DNA, Matthew chapter five, light of the world, sort of the earth. So that's that those are influences. So having the title, okay, fine for semantic sake, you can have the title. It's just that what are you going to use the platform for that will be different to Molly May or to some of the other, you know, you know, um, Michelle's wardrobe and some of the other, you know, great and amazing influences that are not believers what is going to be the intrinsic difference between you two? That's that is what I believe that Christians must pay att- Christian influencers have to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. There must be a clear difference. People must be able to know what you stand for, and you're you must be able to bear fruit. Yeah, you're getting free clothes. Yes, you're doing ten thousand pounds giveaways, 
But what is the difference? Because someone can say, oh, Molly May's nice. She's great. She's amazing. Okay, but she's not a believer. So why do I need to be a believer if if other people are doing good? That's where we need to know the, where the difference is. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah, I, I, I definitely do agree with that. I think the culture is not going away and it's not it's not completely wrong. There's nothing that we're, we're saying is wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's just how we manage the, this influential culture. It's just how we go about it. So yeah. the thing of putting people on the pedestal when they do, when they do wrong, taking them off it because, right. you know, some people don't necessarily ask to be there. They're just trying to trying to do the law's work. And as a mm-hmm. result, people are holding them to a different standard, mm-hmm. which, which often at times can be sad. I do understand it. But yeah, often at times it can be sad because it puts a, it puts a lot of pressure on these individuals to, to one, live a certain lifestyle, but to avoid making a mistake. Yeah. And then it's so it's so easy for people to then go and do secret sins mm-hmm. um, because they know that you know if they was ever found out doing certain things it would be it would be quite crazy for them like there would there would be a lot of cancelling there would be a lot of dragging mm-hmm. but it's obviously a sad thing because some of some of us who are you know just average joes can easily be sinning like you said can easily be plunging can easily be getting drunk can yep. easily be doing all sorts of wickedness and and manlessness and get away with it because why because we're not we don't have the 400 followers there's not enough people that can expose us there's not enough people that can go and talk about our issues on a public platform mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i think that's probably that's probably the worrying thing and this the alarming thing uh within within the christendom is certain people's sins are on a bigger platform than other people yeah and it's, it probably comes as part of the territory. It probably, it's probably a part of the territory. Like, if I do wrong, God forbid, or if or if um Sh- if Sean does wrong, or if of Iman, if you do wrong, God forbid, everyone's gonna know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is gonna know. The worst thing about it, sometimes people, it makes people think they've got access to your life that they really don't. Right. Ooh, speak on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just because you know me on Twitter doesn't mean you know me. Right. Do you know? Uh, unless we generally have a relationship, like you generally don't know me. Right. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to say I'm being fake on Twitter or whatever, but the way that we can interact, we have to mind up. We have to, and I think you guys, to be fair, I remember you guys speaking about this a, a couple of years ago on the podcast that the, you know people need to know that who they who just because I interact with you on Twitter or or Instagram doesn't necessarily mean we're friends. I'm not going to run out of you. I love you with all my heart, with all my soul and everything. But that doesn't mean that you can just speak to me anyhow. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, true. I agree. Do you know what? People people kind of um, think because they've got access to you, they can obviously talk to you in, in any way that they can or they can pass judgment on you in any way or shape or form that they can. Mm-hmm. And I think social media does create that accessibility that yeah. a lot of people probably wouldn't want. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously you engage, because you talk, it's easy for people to be like, oh, I've got access to him or oh, I've got access to her. Yeah. Um, and that, that accessibility leads to drama. That accessibility leads to issues. Mm-hmm. But if you kind of remove the accessibility, it kind of withdraws the potential of people like exposing your your sin to, to the public. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. on, on the flip side though, like I do hear it. I do hear it if you're a pastor, if you're a leader, if you're an influencer. Unfortunately, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, isn't it? That's just the way the cookie crumbles. That if you do wrong, you're gonna you're gonna be on 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 social media. They're gonna be mentioning your name. They're gonna be adding you. Don't get me wrong. You have some people riding for you, but there's gonna mm-hmm. be a lot of people trying to drag, trying to cancel you. Whereas, whereas Tyrone from Shoreditch, 
who's only got 163 followers on Twitter, he's in a madness right now, but nobody's talking about it. But that same yeah. Tyrone is coming on Twitter to scream, oh, love the Lord with all your heart. But nobody knows what Tyrone's there behind closed doors because he's only got a few followers and nobody really cares for Tyrone like that. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Even it could be as small as me and you could be talk, talking on Twitter and we're bantering because of the level of relationship that we have and then someone will just jump in and be like, yo, don't speak to no like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's mad. It's mad. You know, so, that's why you know with some things you just have to ignore. With something on social media, you just have to ignore. With some people, you just have to ignore because people get comfortable, innit? Yeah, yeah. People get comfortable. People can see, oh, Sean's a funny guy, so let me go and banter him in these mentions, not knowing that Sean doesn't really like it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. People can just think, oh yeah, Pastor Eman, me and Pastor Eman are cool. We banter, we banter. All of a sudden, they run a particular banner with E-Man and E-Man doesn't like it. Mm. And it's just like, yeah, them sort of things, it, it can be dangerous for people if, you know, people kind of overstep the mark because you've shown them your personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes- it, it probably kind of, I can understand why like ministers, pastors, they don't want to show their personality because it kind of creates this accessibility that you can have to them and, and almost overstep the mark. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why a lot of pastors are standoffish. Not all, yeah. but that's how yeah. the mark. That that's the honest truth. That's actually facts. You're mm-hmm. actually spot on. A lot, the, the, a, a lot of a lot of my friends in ministry that are standoffish are are a lot of the time that way. Not because they they actually have smelly attitudes. It's because people have violated them. Yep. Like they're nice and they've given access to people, and then people violate, take the mitt, just say whatever they want. And I've had my fair share of that, but I'm just too nice to people to kind of allow. I, I one because of that and then two because i just hate being rude to people i hate rudeness so i don't want i don't I, i'm not rude to people um as best as i as best as i'm aware sure but yeah that that kind of stuff i i understand why a lot of of people in ministry are actually standoffish people just think it's because they've got smelly attitudes nah trust me church people sometimes we we actually think of ourselves more highly than we ought to yeah and we, don't, we we underplay the fact that we are Bro, really we have, grandeur, man. trust me and we we over we over we overlook the fact that we're rude we, we're, we've got attitudes it stinks and then we use religion to just cover it up mm-hmm. you know yeah i just you know you were preaching but i just think you could have said this you could have said that bro were you preaching or was i preaching <laughs> Was I preaching on you? Was I preaching or were you preaching? Mm. I just think you should have. I just think you should have said that next time. Well, go and speak to the Holy Spirit about that. God bless you and have a good day. Happy New Year. I've got a friend who's like naturally a shy person, but they're a minister, right? But then because they're naturally shy, like so when they go out, they don't really interact with people. Like because they're just like they're intro. They're naturally an introvert, but then you get people down say that they're rude or they're standoffish or they think they're too nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh lord I do hear it bro God help sure. us God help us there's pressure on the pastors and I don't blame them to be honest I mean there there are some that are standoffish and they, that's just naturally how they are but yeah. there are a lot of pastors that obviously they are aware of, of their role within the church and they don't want people to get too comfortable or mm-hmm. you know just to overstep the mark it probably places leaders pastors and influencers in a difficult place because they want to be able to, they want to be relatable. Like they want people to relate with them. They want people to come and speak to them and, and, and do all of that sort of stuff. But at the same time, those same people can tear you down and the quicker, 
the quickest, the quicker that people can put you on a pedestal is the same speed at which they can bring you all the way back down. Facts. And it's just one of them things that, you know, we just have to be mindful of and leaders just have to, to strike a, a great balance. Yep. Because obviously you, we want to be there for the people, but at the same time, it's the same people that, you know, that can drag you down. Like when things are great, it's just like, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Johnson, we love you, Johnson. Oh my gosh, Johnson. But in a minute, um, Johnson has something that's just a little wrong. It's just like, oh no, Johnson's rude. Yeah. He saw me today. He saw me today, and he only said hello. He gave me a he gave me a side hug. He even hugged me with love. Yeah, it, it could be any little thing. It could be any little thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Johnson didn't reply my 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 message on on Twitter. He simply liked it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's he's rude. He's standoffish. Mm. And it, it definitely creates pastors. Um, well, it definitely puts pressure on on pastors and leaders to kind of act mm-hmm. and and perform in a certain way, bro. Hmm. More grace and strength to you, E-man, boy. Ah, For real. Thank God. Keep us, keep us in your prayers because I tell you, like, people just, don't know, man. I, that's, that's you know, me, I, I don't even do it for people. I do it because this is myself. This this is where I find my freedom. I find my freedom in, in being myself. And part of being myself is just being honest and transparent. And um, as I've said many times, I keep that, you know, consistent on whatever social media platform I'm on. But I think when you do that as well, People don't, even in your transparency, it's either people overlook it or people don't really pay attention to it. Um, but thankfully, you know, there's there's a lot of cool people. I, f- I follow a lot of cool people. A lot of cool people follow me. And they're really interested in my life. They're genuinely interested in my life. They're genuinely interested in what I've got to say on my thoughts and perspectives. So those are the people that I really focus on. I know that there's always anomalies. There's always people that try and rattle you or draw you out. But, you know, me, I'm just you know, I keep it consistent. And me, I'm just me, I'm just trying to make heaven judge me. Like, <laughs> bro, I'm not trying. Look, people can't kill me in this life. Like, I've got stuff that I'm I'm more concerned Real about. Talk. So, church people, church people won't be the death of me. I've got a responsibility, and I just have to. You have to have like a, a bit of a hard head in the sense of you can't be too worried about you know someone saying X, Y, and Z or someone trying to indirect you or whatever, bro. I've got bigger fish to fry. Do you understand? Like. You know, I'm shepherding a flock right now. I'm shepherding a family right now. There's, I, you know, I've got my businesses there. There's so many things that I've got to worry about that someone or people fighting on Twitter or people sending indirects or people, you know, trying to say whatever or discredit you. Bro, I've got too much going on. If you don't know me, that's fine. Say whatever you, <laughs> if you like, say whatever you like. All I know is that God vindicates his children. So the clean hearted will always win, as they say. And yeah. My responsibility, I'm shepherding the flock. I've got a big work to do. I've got a big work to do, not just for city worship. I've got a big job to do in my generation. So I can't be sidetracked with, you know, all of these things. I'm not worried about it. And But me, I make sure that this accountability thing, I keep it. Because if there's anything, I want to ensure that until the end of, of, of my timeline on this earth, I want to make sure that my witness, by the grace of God, is is consistent with the message that I've had. And yeah, it doesn't mean that I haven't been, you know, I haven't, you know, um, been upset or angry at people or whatever. But bro, you won't, God forbid that you'll catch me, hey, old, there was a scandal between so-and-so and a woman or so-and-so and they were doing money laundering or so-and-so and they were lying about X, Y, no, no. God forbid that would be the case for me. So I make sure that I'm accountable and I keep it consistent. Whatever I'm preaching to people, I live myself. And thank God that people can actually vouch for me and I don't say this in boast. I say this to say that, look, 
when you just be tunnel visioned, you let whatever God has called you to focus on that. Have your community, have fun, have a laugh, but let your focus be there, bro. Because trust me, like um, I was gonna say, custom house, clubhouse, <laughs> clubhouse, clubhouse, and all of these social media platforms is distracting everybody. Or the pandemic is, you know, everyone's moving brazy. Let everyone remember, you only have one life. Live it. Live it and, and call it a day. Listen, what what um what do you think we we can do like as a body to to strengthen to strengthen the body to form greater relationships within the communities? So as Christians, whether it's Christian Twitter, but just as us as a body as a unit. Because obviously if we're being honest, social media is not going away. Social media is obviously quite prevalent um today. It's quite it's quite impactful and it obviously has a strong influence on us. Um, and it's it's only going to get greater than what it currently is. But what what do you not think that like, we as a community can do to obviously increase the accountability that people are having, to increase the humility amongst believers, to to strengthen relationships amongst believers? Like, what do you not think we can do? Is it, can we do events or like what what can we do? Because the the reason one of the reasons why people may not necessarily be accountable to one another is because they may lack comfortability with individuals. There may be a lack of confidence to speak to certain certain individuals. They may have other Christians within their circle, whether in real life or on social media, but they may not necessarily have that relationship which would allow them to be humble in front of them or be vulnerable in front of them and so forth. So what do you think we can do to kind of create or facilitate that environment? Um, I think definitely platforms like this help. You know, that's how me and you met. We met because I listened to your podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a relationship from there. It, I mean, and, yeah, so that's definitely one thing. Other Christian events, you know, I know there was a, I think the younger um, Christian Twitter had their picnic in the park sort of thing. Relation, I'm pretty sure relationships were built through that. You know, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even have an issue with social media. It's the way social media is used. So, like, like for example, Clubhouse. I love Clubhouse, but I just don't. I, I've learned how not to waste my time in stupid rooms. So, if I know a room is not mm. developmental for my walk, I just clear out. Like, yeah, to be fair, I, I never see you in those in those crazy rooms. To be honest, <laughs> so like, I think I, I, and most times I get I get notes of this because the, sometimes um, Clubhouse will the app will be bugging up. And I think okay, there's a massive room somewhere. And I'll see like seven point five k or two point five k. I think the other thing, actually, let me not be mentioning your names in it, but <laughs> <laughs> like people, the- yeah. When you, when you see one k plus, you know that someone's getting dragged, or yeah. there's gossip happening in that room. Yeah, yeah. And it's like there's, there's no no one's doing a one k room to share the gospel. I tell you that. <laughs> it's like no, there's no need. So I I just stay clear of that of that because it's not beneficial. So definitely, I think there are useful rooms. You know, I remember the Harvard experience. That was amazing. The conversation we had just this week was amazing as well. You know, there's definitely good uses. I've met amazing people on Twitter, on Instagram, you know, through. So definitely it can can be useful if used correctly. And it will, and over time, you know, you build, you build, you build relationships from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear that. How about yourself, Iman? What do you reckon? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think that um, even if it starts on social media, because we have to think, look at the context. The context for us is a pandemic, so there's yeah. not much. There's not a lot of going out. You can't. You can't really go out. You can't go out unless, obviously, for churches that 
do their Sunday services that have a limited amount. Aside from that, you, you really have social media. But what you can do is build the relationship off off the social media platform so you can do the facetimes you can do the whatsapp calls you can you know do zoom calls with friends or whatever and you know you can do you know the instagram lives and stuff like that just to build that connectivity as well as the phone calls and just build that relationship there you know don't let it just be yeah you know you're tweeting each other and you're having conversations on the tl fine take those conversations off the tl build those relationships there but also like i said um earlier look at your start with yourself look at areas of your life that you know and you need help with um and then you know be honest and then look for support especially around you if you can find it within your church context you can find someone who can help you support you mentor you disciple you start from there if not then you can you know go to social media maybe speak to someone that maybe you've been following or someone that you admire and that you really respect and see what what happens from there if not if they can't do it then ask, you know, can they point you in someone's direction? Um, it's little things like that. But I think that I always point people back to start with yourself and then go outwards as opposed to trying to look at everybody um, else and what everyone else is doing. Start with yourself, start with your local network and then go from there. As you go from there, if you don't have the necessary resources in your close proximity, then you can take it a step out. Friendship Friendship is a general thing. Like you could, uh, yeah, we make friends all the time, like every week, every month, or whatever. However, often people make friends you know, on in on on the internet. But I'm talking about you know building friendships with intentionality. Like I've I've been reading a book at the moment, um, the disciplines of a godly man, and one of the things that they were saying, especially about men, is that a lot of men do not build relationships that are deep rooted and deep seated. And so there's a there's a stat that says it's, it's, it's for America, but I wouldn't be surprised if the stats are similar in the UK that temp, only 10% in America, 10% of men in America um, um, finish life with like a set of real friends. And that's because a lot of friendships are kind of very much surface level and not deep rooted and deep seated. There are some there are some people that probably do have the relationship with people that they met on social media, which is good. And I think we just need to encourage that to probably happen a lot more, a lot more happening off the TL. Even if it's just like direct messages in the DMs or whatever, having having those conversations, being able to relate, being able to speak to people and actually build some sort of relationships leads people to then be accountable onto others. And I think that's very, very important because obviously this pandemic has really hit hard and a lot of people are going through so many different things. A lot of people are going through a madness. A lot of people are stressed. A lot of people are depressed and that sort of stuff. So just being able to reach out to people and show a level of support, being able to have that community is something that really, really is helpful right now. So even for any listeners, if there's anyone out there that you know you haven't really spoken to properly on a deeper level, aside from the banner, because look, everyone can banner till the cows come home, but really is is our conversations um meaningful do our conversations have depth and i think that's definitely important but yeah being able to reach out to people um in in this time is definitely something that we should definitely be doing for for those that we may not have had contact with or even if it's for the people that we talk to all the time but we just don't really have meaningful conversations it's definitely people like that that we do need to kind of reach out to and extend the level of grace to 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 build that sort of relationship mm. because like, like Sean said I've met Sean on social media there's a few other people I've met on social media 
Like it, it may it may sound like we're we're taking a mick at social media, but social media is, is actually really really good, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. formed some some amazing relationships. Like mm-hmm. um, we we've met some a lot of people who are who are very very supportive mm-hmm. of us of what we do, who who rock with us heavy, um, who love us and that sort of stuff. So social media is definitely amazing, and I think we just need to continue to to steer that in the right direction and and right. continue to 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 be good. In, in building that relationships and, and long lasting relationships that will facilitate an environment that people can obviously be accountable and that sort of stuff to one another. Um, mm-hmm. Even football, even like I mentioned to you before on social media, we need to link up and and um, have yeah. a game of football. Yeah, obviously, all of, the, all of the Christian man them that you know we speak to, we interact with, never seen them in the flesh before. Um, it would definitely be good to obviously link up because when we link up together face to face, it probably makes you know talking to one another a whole lot more easier and it's good to put a name behind a face, you know? Yeah, so spot on. Spot on. Um, yeah, so even linking up for, for football is something that we definitely need to look to to do in summer. Yeah, even any of the sisters can feel free to come and watch but entertain. Yeah. They could bring us oranges and banana, to be honest. <laughs> um, I'm signing that statement. <laughs> I'm not consigning that statement. <laughs> Don't to me. Be. <laughs> I'm able to find Bay as well, so... Yeah, badly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think that this is it's definitely important. But um, uh, Sean, any last words before Eman gives a scripture? Um, I guess definitely make use of community, man. We need community, even for your own personal self, like your own. It protects you, you, might, you know. Especially during the pandemic, it's been over a year now that we've been on in and out of lockdown. So definitely have people around you. You know, it's good to have Christian brothers and sisters that can support you during these times. So don't run away from it. Love that, bro. Amen. Scripture. Yeah. So, Second Timothy four verse two says, "Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching." So, <laughs> yeah. So, this is kind of one of the scriptures that I, I I would I normally use to kind of highlight the difference between preaching and teaching, even though they're not they're not there's trying to make them like opposites is a false dichotomy but it's it's really about being able to to go on a journey with people i love the fact that you know paul says with patience and teaching and teaching is more about repetition and ensuring that people get it and that's why we have to exercise patience as well so guys like Mm. you know whether it's preaching or teaching um if you're a leader if, if you're a preacher if you're a fivefold whatever then yeah that's your responsibility to, to journey with people and to to tell them off to encourage them to empower them um and and to correct them where they need correction but also at the same time you know for the other topics we were talking about guys can be christian community is key be around people that can actually sharpen you people that can actually show you what it truly means to to walk a life that is worthy of the call and that bears fruit as well so it's not just by talking but it's by the fruit that they actually bear in their lives. So um, pay attention to that, especially as we're, you know, we're, we're on a timeline towards the end of, you know, lockdown and stuff like that. Start thinking about the community you want to be in or you want to be a part of and be intentional about that so that by the time the restrictions are lifted, for those who are listening from the UK, then, you know, you'll have meaningful relationships and, and deep-seated relationships that can actually last the test of time last the tests of time so yeah man that's what i have to say love that love that 
come to the end of the episode. Thank you lot for listening. Really do appreciate it. Um, don't forget, follow us all on our socials, um, the Insta and Twitter, Real Talk, Real Walk on both of them. Or Real Talk, I can't remember what they are, Sha. Um, <laughs> Twitter is, no, no, I need to remember. That's that's wrong. That's wrong. Twitter is RTRW yeah. underscore podcast. No, it's underscore. Let me even check. What was it, bro? No, it's RTRW, you know, it's RTRW underscore podcast. That's, that's the, the one. That's the Twitter. And Instagram is real talk real walk underscore. That's real talk real walk underscore. By all means, hit us up. Let us let us know your thoughts. Um, and yeah, follow us up. Run it up. Share share the episodes, man. Continue to share it. We see all of the evangelists, all of the people that are sharing us. We love it so much. Continue to share it. Post your stories. Let people know that we've got a good word for them, man. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. On to the next episode. Take care. Take care. Take care.